0: All right, welcome in Monday afternoon Breeders' Cup Week edition horse racing happy hour. Louis Rabot with you, hanging out. Talk to James Welsh this afternoon. Getting into it now with uh, our guy Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Dan, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Hey, man. I they drew the Breeders' Cup today. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> so. Um, Excited for this one. Of course, you know, we're, we're, we're spoiled as bleep. We get to go out there uh, this weekend. So really, really looking forward to it. So um, anything stand out from the draw? Anybody lose any uh, spots on the Dan Illman uh, totem, if you will, uh, based on the draw?
1: You know, it's funny. I was looking at it and I was expecting, as I do every year, to be hurt by the draw. I usually get post-12 or post-14 in the Breeders' <laughs> Cup juvenile turf, and it yeah. makes me want to you know, triple think things. I was pleased with everything that happened uh, in the draw. I, I don't think there are really any horses that are hurt. I don't think flight line is hurt in the classic by his position. No. Uh, I, I think we're going to have a nice fair
0: breeder's cup, which is all we could ask for. Awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't see anything that stood out. I remember I was uh, in between meetings and I got the text flight line draws the four and I thought, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. He'll be fine. And so uh, he'll work out a trip from there, especially since, you know, uh, Hot Rod Charlie is actually too, right next to him. So I think he'll, he'll have a horse to uh, sort of uh, put on right in front of him and he'll make his move whenever the hell he feels like it because he's flight line. Um, <laughs> we, had, uh, we, had, uh, we always have a show with uh, James Welsh from, from Scotland. It always takes me about 90 seconds to adjust to his accent. But uh, <laughs> he helps us <laughs> preview some of the European uh, turf sprinters. Is there any race here? in the Breeders' Cup uh, draw that you are most interested in, either because you expect a big performance
1: or you think betting-wise it's just going to be excellent? I think that the – to be honest with you, I really think that the Juvenile Phillies-Turf's an interesting race. Cool. I'm not exactly sure, you know, who's going to win it. I I know that some Europeans in there are very happy about Meditate, uh, very happy about Spirit Gal – I like Last Call, the horse coming in from Woodbine. I think that horse is really interesting. I know uh, she's going to have to try two turns. She won, of course, at Woodbine going a one-turn mile. She was a gigantic price that day. But I remember going into that race, watching her prior starts and saying, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's very green. She pulled hard in her races. There was something there. She just hadn't put it all together. And then she put it all together in that race. This is a much tougher spot, but she's got to be a giant
0: price. Yeah, I think that's totally right, and you know, there's there's other horses in here that we ended up talking about, like a like a Basil Martini. There's a little bit of scuttle that that it's going to be Joseph O'Brien who has the big uh, Breeders' Cup this year. That he's really got a couple horses that he thinks could be a problem, and, they, and Basil Martini's going to be one. Or excuse me, Basil Martini, of course, um, coming over uh, from the British Isles, sixteen to one in the overseas books. Interesting to see where that uh, ends up uh, when we get to post time. But uh, yeah, that looks like a fun race and we were talking about it you know one of the one of the interesting things and you pointed out at least she's gone a mile right so many of the american two-year-old fillies have never gone a mile on the turf
1: and just done it over a spacious turf course it was against a a pretty solid sized field again she's learning and this is a big big step up in class for her but i do think that she's kind of reaching maturity she hasn't had to travel all the way like many of these europeans This is a race that the Europeans do very, very well every year. And again, a horse like Meditate seems very, very tough. A horse like Spirit Gal is is interesting to me. I'm I'm just curious to see uh, how this horse performs uh, outside of Canada around two turns. To me, considering her various quirks, that's what bothers me maybe the most.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, on that Friday, I think that You know, you're like me, you're kind of looking for where you can, you know, shorten up on a longer ticket or, or whatever that might look like is, is that a race where you feel like you're going to have to grab three, four, five horses?
1: Oh, I think so. I mean, this is a horse that I have no problem betting to win at the price she's going to be, but sure. this is a horse that because she's going to be such a price and because she might not be the most likely winner by a long way, I'm probably going to have to spread. Meditate's in the 10 hole. I think to me, she's uh, she's a very, very interesting contender. She looked good in some of her races. Uh, Spirit Gal, the seven is 20 to one. And I know that a lot of folks are going to look at her last race and say, well, ah, she's on the synthetic, and, and what does that really mean? She looks very good in doing it. She looks like uh, a North American-style horse, the way she changes leads and keeps going. She seems to have some speed as well. Uh, I think this is a race that has some some chaos. Why can't Midnight Mile, the horse breaking out of post 12, do very well in this spot? Uh, it's there, There's a four-to-one morning line favorite in here in Meditate. I'm not sure I'm a big Delight fan, although I like the way she won at Keeneland last time out. Uh, it's a race where I'm going to have to cut. It's not like I'm going to go all 14 in the yeah. juvenile turf, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how, uh, how, uh, how last call uh, does in here. You know, I, I kind of like the jockey that the Tory kid's pretty good. <laughs> I've heard his name before,
0: yeah. um, you know, and this is where, you know, if you, it could start a big weekend for Chad Brown. If someone like free look jumps up here too. Huh?
1: Oh yeah. And, and I mean, talk about a guy that's loaded for bear. And I mean, I know there's a disappointment yeah. because Jack Christopher is out. Uh, and there's all sorts of controversy and rumors going around there. But, you know, the, he, again, Chad made his his bones in, in, in races with two year olds on the turf. And then, of course, yep. with turf horses on the turf. So older turf horses on the turf. Uh, yeah, that horse could easily win. I don't know. I, I, I just am looking for a price. Um, I think that this race might be ripe for the pickings from a price standpoint.
0: Just, hmm. <clears throat> One that might not be is the juvenile itself. Uh, Cave Rock, of course, coming in. From the West Coast, looks to be the best two-year-old going right now. Do you expect him to kind of strut his stuff on Friday the way
1: that many expect Flightline to do the same on Saturday? I expect him to be real tough. I, it's a tough situation, you know. In a case of Flightline, horse players have to ask yourself, how comfortable are you really going to be betting against him? Right. You may not love him. You may not say, oh, I, I mean, you may love another horse. You may be a fan of another horse. You may say, I've been looking to play this horse at X price. But do you really want to bet against Flightline, considering he might be one of the best horses we've ever seen? Sure. In the case of Cave Rock, do you really want to bet against Cave Rock? Right. Me, i take a chance against maybe Cave Rock, simply because he's only run a couple of times. Uh, maybe not against the greatest competition. I expect him to run well. I think he's way the horse to be. There's no surprise there. Why can't Forte run right back? I'm with you. He's a real experienced professional. Listen, he's not sizzle. And he's not, you know, sexy on paper like Cave Rock is. But he shows up every time. He gives a good performance. That hopeful Breeders' Futurity double, that's pretty nice to go seven eighths mm. two turns at a mile and a 16th. And to run down a loose speed horse with that short stretch at Saratoga, I think that Loggins is a nice horse. I know he's not in the juvenile. Uh, I think Forte won that race a little bit easier than it looked last time out. We'll find out. This is what's known as the acid test against a Baffert two-year-old with speed. I'd like to give Forte a chance in there to beat him.
0: Yeah, I'm interested, too. I think um, – oh, and I just lo- – verifying, excuse me. Oh, yeah. I just – had- yeah and at 10 to 1 the price just seems really right it's gonna break from the five i love that spot I, I you know so there's there's some of these horses you know again you have to decide if you're gonna bet against cape rock i may be talking about who i'm using underneath in a in an exotic situation but you know i uh it's turning it turned out actually to be an interesting group of horses and we just happen to have one that's put up a couple of triple digit buyer finishes.
1: oh and and listen from a just simply from watching uh, these horses on the East Coast in the Midwest. They're good, they're solid, you know. Uh, Verifying's got that beautiful pedigree and we expect them to continue to improve. But it's not like these sources have given the wow factor yet. Uh, We've seen the wow factor from Cave Rock. Let's see him do it outside of California. Uh, I won't be surprised at all if he runs off the screen and wins by 10 and everyone's saying triple crown winner, triple crown winner, With which trainer I don't know. But um, the bottom line is he's, again, the horse to beat. Forte is tough. Blazing Sevens is a really interesting horse as well. I liked what he did uh, in the champagne, and supposedly he's training very well. First big appearance in Kentucky for
0: Bob Baffert, do you expect – Anything from him, or do you think he'll keep a low profile this weekend?
1: Uh, I think he's probably going to keep a a, a low profile this weekend. I, I, You know, he hasn't done a lot of traveling since this whole thing has started. He was uh, pretty much absent from a lot of the major races. Uh, I think we'll see a low profile for him unless he starts winning races. Then we'll see him in the winner's circle (laughs) for all his glory. (laughs) I think you're totally right. Uh, a,
0: A turf race that we do actually get a fair number of American winners in is that Juvenile Turf Sprint. An
1: interesting group of horses here. Is this a spot where an American jumps up to you? I think Love Reigns is going to be tough because whenever you mm. see Wesley Ward in this race, <laughs> he dominates it every time. And it's not like Love Reigns is coming into this race off no form. He's won at Keeneland. He won his debut. You rarely see five and a half for long turf races, won by 10. And he wow. won by 10 first time out. And that's even more Wesley Ward than Wesley Ward were used to first time out at Keeneland during the spring. It was so good. They sent this horse to uh, Royal Ascot and he just showed too much. She just showed too much speed for her own good in that race. Um, and last time out, they brought her off a long layoff at uh, Saratoga. I love the way she sat off another horse. She's learning. She went right by, uh, I was not the strongest field in the world, but she got a very strong buyer post to uh, she has options. She can go, she can sit, uh, I just think the Wesley Ward train continues with a horse like Love Reigns. Lots of upside here.
0: Yeah, four to one, and I don't know that you'll get that number by the time it gets to the, uh, gets to the window. Of course, the favorite in that race on the morning line is the Platinum Queen for uh, Richard Fahey shipping in. I, we talked about it on the show this afternoon. I always kind of watch these left-handed races, the tighter turns in America on these turf courses don't always set up well. I think the 12-hole is actually – to be fair, I had mentioned one earlier, I don't like the 12 for the Platinum Queen here.
1: Well, she got out of the gate. And I mean, we'll find out if European speed matches up with North American speed. Personally, I yeah. don't think it does. Right. Plus, the Platinum Queen's never run around a turn in her career, according to my yep. past performances. I've gotten her on straight courses. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's beaten older males. And that's a really nice accomplishment for a two-year-old filly to beat older males going five-eighths, who is also over very soft ground. She has one over good to firm. This is a big test for her. She's battle-tested. She's good. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if I really want to take a short price on her going around a turn in a race where she could be out sprinted early.
0: Yeah. And the, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with the two-year-olds, that break from the gate, especially in these sprint races, so crucial. I mean, just so crucial. And the American horse is so used to that very, very quick break. And so we'll see if that works out uh, for, uh, for Love Reigns in this case. Real, 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 here real quick,
1: Louis. Yeah. on Persian force in this race. I, I think okay. this horse is a little bit better of the European horses uh, than maybe he looks uh, on paper. Uh, this is a horse that I think deserves a, 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 a chance in your single race exotics at the very least. I think to run some pretty good races. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I was also looking. Uh, we're going to be firm by
0: the time we get to Saturday, folks. So just in Friday and Saturday here because uh, the rain's going to stop today, and then we're going to get uh, some really, really, frankly, terrific tr- uh, conditions. If if you haven't made up your mind, Dan, um, about coming to Breeders' Cup, uh, look at the weather <laughs> forecast and oh, yeah. make, make your mind up for you. Anything else on Friday that stands out?
1: Um, Not really. You know, the juvenile Phillies, I thought this entire division's been wide open. And for about two weeks, I've been saying to myself, well, you know, maybe I'm just going to try to, maybe I'm just going to try to beat Chocolate Gelato. She's going to be the favorite in this race. And the more I look at it, I'm saying, I'm not going to try to beat Chocolate Gelato. Mm. I think she's pretty good. I think she's consistent and solid. I'm not really worried about the outside post position. So, I like her and I like the other Pletcher horse in that race. The one, uh, you know, off the trainer change. I, I think they're both, uh, they're both pretty good in a division that right now is lacking a superstar.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I think Pletcher's prime for a big weekend actually. Um, the more I look at this and so that could absolutely be part of that equation. As we move to Saturday, I mean, Philly and mare sprint, you've got the turf sprint is, is this, You know, I'm interested because I think there's a chance that Golden Pal, who's been a little less impressive the last couple of runs, this might actually be the spot where they catch up to that horse except for the horse is four for four at Keeneland. It seems to be a different horse when running in the state of Kentucky. What says Daniel?
1: He's, he's, he's four for four at Keeneland. He's also kind of a different <laughs> horse when he runs in the country of, uh, of the United States. It seems yeah, like right. he just had <laughs> races go when he runs overseas. Um, I'm kind of with you in a way that I didn't love the race he won at Saratoga. Yep. And I thought he was okay last time out. He was better, obviously, than he was in Saratoga. Does he absolutely need to win this race at a short price? I don't know if he absolutely needs to win this race at a short price. Uh, I was looking over this field and I was thinking to myself, you know, who, who's going to be the one to go against him? Because again, in, in, in turf sprints, I'm usually, I'm usually against sort of the European horses and, and I don't know if they have enough speed to go with them. I don't know. I looked at I looked at a couple in here. A creative force was a horse that, that, that kind of was interesting to me off of just simply off of the, uh. Off of the pre entries. Uh, what do you make of that one? Creative Force,
0: I do think, is interesting. And I think you're going to get, I, I think you're going to get so much money on Golden Pal that a lot of these forces are going to become playable. Does that make sense? And so, in other words, oh, yeah. you know, if Golden Pal, I think Highfield Princess is going to chase a bunch of money. You know, I, I think Creative Force is right there. I don't, is Campanello a player here? I think that's a question. Um, is, you know, I, I'll tell you who I'm really fascinated by is that Casadero's in this field. and and i don't I don't love the thirteen. I think that might be, you know, that might be a, uh, I don't know, the best way to put it, but just you know, eliminates Casadero from from winning. But I'm interested in that horse, but I, I think creative Force is absolutely someone you got to look at. It'll be interesting because at with with Bill Buick, at least you get that experience in North America having to break quickly, right? right. And so he's he's wild very much a British Isles type, you know, rider. And he's great in the mile and a half and the mile and three sixteenths. He also knows that he's got to get out of the damn gate in the U.S. too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, he's got that going for him too.
1: No, the thing with and I think, and I think you, 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 he's a very interesting horse because it's like he's, he's, it's been a career renaissance for him in a way. Yeah. You know, he was a really nice two-year-old. A lot of people forget that when Steve Aspison had him, he won the Bashford Manor. Uh, yep. And he was favored against Jackie's Warrior in the Saratoga Special. He kind of lost his way. But as he kind of lost his speed too, because his two turf races, he's just come from way, way out of, and that always worries me in a shorter distance that's race. Like yep. in, in in a race where there's a big and bulky field, that's that's what concerns me because he's either going to have to go around all of them, which is yep. not easy, especially at this short distance, or he's going to have to weave his way through. So for that's Casadero right. to do it, and I don't want to knock him because he's going to be a good price in this race. Uh, I, I think he's uh uh, I think he's going to be kicking on in the stretch and maybe he makes her try it at, at a pretty big price. I mean, creative force, the concern is he's turning back. You know, he's been yeah, running six right. furlongs and maybe those six furlong races in Europe just play longer than the five and a half at Keeneland, which is pretty sharp. That horse he ran into, that Kinross last time out. We're going to oh, see. yeah. He's really, really good, though.
0: Kinross, I, I think in a different part of the card here, has a serious shot. And oh, so, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, like, if we're looking at it that way, that's where, you know that's where you know I, I that's where especially let's go straight to the mile then. I mean, modern games is modern games, and I'm not going to knock that horse. I'm, I'm not in the business of knocking that horse. Kin Ross reminds me a bit of Space Blues last year. Okay, yeah, you can do seven furlongs, but can you do eight furlongs
1: on the turf? Wasn't a problem for Space Blues last year, certainly wasn't a problem for Space Blues. And I think Kin Ross, if you just look at his most recent races, is somewhat comparable. Uh, in terms of uh, racing post or time form figures that what we've saw. This horse come on, he's won four races in a row. He's won seven eighths of a mile. And again, I do believe those seven eighths of a mile races do play a little bit longer uh, over there so that a mile is going to be okay. He also seems to have a nice amount of tactical speed. This is the kind of race where when I first started pouring over the PPs, I thought to myself, okay, let's find a price. Because I just, these North American-based turf horses, they're not very good. Uh, Annapolis right. was a three-year-old and just jumped up and won the, the Coolmore Turf Mile with a perfect trip. How many times have we seen smooth, like straight running, triple-digit buyer, triple-after-digit buyer, but he never wins a race.
0: Rod four, fourth,
1: yeah. is a nice filly and mare. We've seen this dance before in the four-star Dave, and she got beat. I'm Ivar's biggest fan, but it's usually close, but no cigar for him. Isn't the most interesting horse in the Breeders' Cup Mile domestic spending? It has to be. Uh, Yes. Even from the 14. We're going to get out of him. I don't know if he can walk, but I know (laughs) that when he can walk, he's pretty good. Um, And I think he might be the most, you know, naturally talented horse in this race. What we're going to get off a year and a half layoff. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I I just think if modern games runs his last two races, he wins.
0: Yeah. And, you know, with uh, you mentioned domestic spending the, the, you know, I, actually i'll ask it as a question instead of making a statement do you think chad brown runs
1: him unless he thinks he really has a shot oh no okay i agree no. uh, yeah, i so- i think chad brown believes this horse has a chance i think chad has been very frustrated that this horse has had so many physical problems and let me tell you i'm sure they're not happy about post 14 no, <laughs> I, 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 that, that's an absolute, just to throw everything on top of it. Year and a half layoff, obviously physical problems, maybe a distance that's a little bit sharper than what he likes. And now you're giving him post 14. I think he's going to follow Kinross out of there. who has got to break well and get in a good position. If domestic spending's three, four lengths out of it, turning into the stretch, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs them all down, but just the way modern games won that woodbine mile, it was just, it was just so impressive. He's built up a, a, a great body of work. Uh, 2000 guineas winner uh you know breeders cup winner already woodbine mile winner. he just seems perfectly attuned to north american racing yeah that woodbine mile it was almost
0: boring like yeah (laughs) right i mean like because he was just so he was so uh it was almost surgical if that's a if, if i could describe a horse as surgical like he was just like okay i'm gonna go around that one and then yeah. that one's in my way. So I'm just going to go around. Okay. I'm better than you. Okay. Bye everybody. and just gone. I mean, just so boring. It's so, <laughs> I'm with you. If he runs, if he runs that race, he wins, he wins on Saturday. For sure. All right. So let's, uh, let's go to that turf though, that you mentioned, because I think there's a chance that we get a little bit of what we saw, believe it or not. Um, you and I talked about it and I'm trying to, um, who won the, uh, the million turf at, uh, at, at Laurel this year. Oh, um, yeah. And I said, man, I think there's a chance that horse gets out front, stays out front. And I think we have a chance at that again here um, in the turf. Excuse me, with um, juju. I'm mixing up all of my um, horses here. Oh, who am I thinking of, Dan? Bye-bye, bye Melvin? No, nope. no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Oh, my God. Who am I thinking of? Is it? Go ahead and talk about this race, Dan. Let me find my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, 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 we're
1: talking about the turf, right? Yeah it's probably bye bye melvin then yeah bye bye melvin's the spam you know smooth like straight will be the speed in the mile now in the turf i guess bye bye melvin could be the speed in this race i'm curious to see what broom does down towards the inside the european right. um channel maker's shown some speed in the past as well
0: yeah
1: is warlike goddess you think kind of the, the wild card here i don't even think she's the wild card i think she's the worst to date cool it's, okay. it's, it's just that Again, the North American based horses are so yep. boring and she's the only one that's shown star ability. And she's, she's the best longer distance turf horse regardless of sex. She's better than all the boys. She showed that in the Joe Hirsch turf classic when she ran down a loose on the lead by, by Melvin. I mean, the only time she really got beat was at Saratoga and what beat her the pace beater. I don't think Virginia joy beat her. They went, they couldn't have gone any slower to the half. And for some reason Warlike like was near the back and bottled up. To me, she is uh, she's way the horse to beat. I'd like to see her win because I thought she was the best horse in last year's Philly and turf. I just didn't think the trip worked out for her. It, other than that, I'm looking at the European horses. I'm saying to myself, "Well, okay, Rebels Romance. Hey, he looks really good on paper," and I look where he's been running. Yeah, winning races in Germany. Yeah, now yeah, that's, yeah, he's winning races in Germany. But if you go by the whole European class pyramid, Germany and Italy are like on the lower rungs. No question. You know, usually they get bad group three horses from England and Ireland and run over there and they make hay over the local horses. So, how good really is Rebels' romance? A horse I'd like to see run well, I'm curious as to your thoughts because I think a lot of people are going to laugh at me when I mention this source this week is Mishrif. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know what to make of him. And I, and I,
0: are you rooting for him or do you think he's going to run well? I think he's going to run. Okay. Interesting. All right. I think. Are you surprised? Where it's Red Knight in this field and not Gufo?
1: No, not after the way Gufo ran in the uh, in the Turf Classic. He okay. Right. This it was kind of odd that Clement ran that horse back on such short notice at Kentucky Downs. It was I almost agree. like that was his Breeders' Cup. You know, there's a million dollar race. Yep. I wonder if he kind of threw in the towel on Gufo there. And he was so bad in the Joe Hirsch. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough.
0: I um. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, while I really like Red Knight, I don't think he's of the class of many of the horses that we've already talked about, frankly. Um, And so Mishra, look, that horse runs his race, he wins. Dittori can get the best out of that horse, I'm sure. Um, If you can get six or seven to one on a a freaking horse like Mishrif, who's won a ton of great races on the turf, and in that um, seven or eight inch deep uh, dirt that they have there in the, uh, the Arabian Peninsula, then yeah, I mean, why can't he be part of a mile and a half race here? I I'm with you. I think that that's absolutely something that can happen. I uh, unlike you though, I don't expect it to happen, and so um, I, I will be. I'm with you. I think more like Goddess is going to run a heat race here.
1: Yeah, and it's not like she, you know she's gotten a bad rap as being this one run closer. She's got a lot more tactical speed. I agree with you. Uh, then, she, you know, she gets credit for, now in this race, if bye-bye Melvin and another horse just hook up and they go fast, they'll be happy to sit back and make one run. I think she's the best closer in the field. Uh, I think she's the most likely winner. I'm just curious about Mishriff. I I think he hated the ground in his last two races. His start three back against Baeed was okay. Right. Um, maybe it's a sign, at least that race, that he was returned to farm. What I don't like is that they're playing around with equipment. He wore cheek pleases. Mm-hmm arc and now they're putting blinkers on for this race Uh, i'm not sure that's a great sign although john Gosden knows a lot more than i do (laughs) that's fair enough all right so classic i mean
0: is so at three to five they're essentially saying the flight line is something like 15 times more likely to win than epicenter (laughs) something like this, right or 10 by time would you have them in the order that the morning line maker has as second third and fourth favorites epicenter
1: life is good Tava. Yeah, I would. Uh, I okay. think Epicenter will be the second choice based on his performances at Saratoga. His Travers was exceptional. Um, he is just have facing a horse that might be otherworldly. And that's a shame because Epicenter, you know, look at the body of work. Look at the fact that he's shown up every time, uh, even in his losses, the Derby and the Preakness. He ran great both times. Um, he's probably coming into this race in peak maturity for Asmussen, Uh, I think if you ask Steve, he'd say, I don't want to trade with anybody. This is a really, really good horse, but he's just facing a, a, a very, very good horse. Life is good. I thought would have been the second choice if this race was run in July. The problem is while his last two races were wins and they were wins against grade one competition where he went to the lead and didn't relinquish it either time. I think both of those races leave a sour taste in some people's mouths because you know the Whitney was a slog. The Woodward, you know, law professor is a million to one, and he made life as good sweat at the at the quarter yeah, pole. That's true. Yeah, I think you could look at it and say those two races were over wet tracks. Throw those races yep. out. You're left with the one twelve and the Nayrud going seven. But I think a mile and a quarter is the question for life as good, and I think that's the reason why he'll drift in the wagering.
0: If I tell you that I think Olympiad's running second in this field behind Flightline,
1: am I out of my own mind? No. N- not okay. at all because olympiad is one of the more consistent horses in the race he shows up each and every time he had that one sort of dud in the whitney but i think that track was just very deep tiring he didn't care for it you throw that race out all, all you see is ones you know he's wins yeah. one, six in a row and he's yeah. the kind of horse that's going to tuck into a good trip you've got to think that they're not just going to let Flightline run away with this life is good as so fast he's yes. gonna- and he's the speed of the race and flight line. You can't really hold him. He's going to be there. And hot rod. Charlie likes to be close to the pace. This pace is going to be solid. And all of a sudden now that makes horses like Olympiad who's tactical enough to sit in the second flight behind those three. If they burn themselves out, here he comes with his run on the second turn. Is there, what, what percent chance do you give it that we're looking at under
0: 47 for the first half? I, I think it has to be pretty good. I, yeah, I, th- I mean, forty-six and 3, 46 and four sounds like a re- sounds
1: like a reasonable number, right? I think it's a reasonable number because I think last time out they tried to rate life as good on the lead, and I think he's just not as effective that way, uh, as odd as it sounds, as when he hears his feet rattle and mm. he goes forty-six and one, like he does in the Pegasus, and he opens up a big lead. Now maybe he won't be able to open up a big lead on Flightline, but I think. They're here to win. And life is Good's Only chance to win is if he goes to the front maybe flight line doesn't show or flight line gets dissuaded by being on a hard chase. I think this pace is going to be fast.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I I think that's the only thing that sets up to be really interesting is that, you know, it is going to be frenetic out front. Right. And, and frankly, when you've had a horse like flight line, who's not had a ton of experience in those kinds of races, you either have to decide, is he just considerably better than all the other horses? And it doesn't matter. <laughs> or is the pace actually going to mess with him a little bit and he's going to look around and he's like, why are there three horses in front of him? Right? And so I, I, I tend to think that his talent will, will overtake the field at some point in this race. Um, I think the, the much, much more interesting question is, who's second, third, and fourth? And, and that's why I think an Olympiad's is interesting. Any chance a rich strike jumps up, grabs a third place check in this race?
1: If there's a pace collapse, why not? Yeah, I think that's how they're going to ride him. I think they're going to ride him like they rode him in the Derby. They're going to take him back to last. They're going to hope this pace is fast. They're going to save every inch of ground and they're going to try to come and get a piece of this. And if the pace is fast, I don't see why not, but I don't want to give Tabe a short shrift. You have to remember that he started his career like he was going to be a superstar and he won the Santa Anita Derby in only his second lifetime start. And that's pretty impressive. Stretching out three furlongs, winning a grade one, the Derby in hindsight was too much too soon. Third start. We never see that work. He didn't have a great trip either. And then they gave him time. He was good in the Haskell. He was good in the Pennsylvania Derby. I think he's progressive. He's got a lot of, of potential still. And he's, it's not like he's this speed horse. He has that sort of tactical speed as Olympiad. Well, I think we've seen Olympiad's best race, and that best race is good enough to get a piece of this. I'm not sure we've seen Cable's best race yet. I, I think there is it. a surge into the 110, 112 buyer uh, stratosphere. Give me your three most likely winners, and we'll get you out of here. Three most likely winners on the entire card. Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. All right. Well, oh boy. Um, let's take a look. (laughs) Nashua is going to run big in the Philly and Merritt. We didn't really talk about that horse. I think she's just the most likely winner. I think modern games is the most likely winner of the, uh, of the mile. And again, I I hate to be chalky. So let me give you a wacky horse, maybe at at a a price. How about search results in the distaff? Ooh, I like that one. Um, why not?
0: That distaff to me reeks of it falls apart and a blue stripe picks up the pieces. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know why clear air comes flying from off the pace, something like that. I'm with you. I think it's it's so many people are only going to use two horses in that race that it ends up being the one that you should have spread it.
1: You know, and and they're handing this race to nest. She's very, very good. We'll see how good she is. She's been beaten up on a bunch of patsies. No disgrace to the Kentucky Oaks winner. She's been sure. off form in her last few races. This pace is going to be real solid, I would have to say, with a society in here, the three-year-old filly. You'll go back on search results form. You know, her race in the Ogden Phipps. Black better than it looks. She had to duel with Latruska. She got the better of Latruska, and Malathon Clarier just ran her down. She got the confidence boost at Monmouth. And last time out in the personal ensign, she ran a figure that's comparable to these. She won the war. She won the duel and lost the war again with Latruska, and Malathon only beat her a half length. She's yep. supposedly trained great at Keeneland for everything I've heard. So I'd be willing to give her a chance. Love that. All right. Any thoughts on
0: Latruska and, and what looks like a, a probable retirement? I, I, I have to admit, she was one of those. I found out she was running at Churchill. I canceled a, uh, a hangout with a buddy to make sure I was at the track just to see her in person because I thought that much of her. Um, what's what's Dan Illman's takeaway from a, a great career with uh,
1: with Latruska. She doesn't know anybody anything. She came nope, I agree. and you got to love horses like her that just used her speed and just were able to carry that speed a distance of ground. And it was just a shame that in last year's Distaff, when it was her time to shine, they just had a ridiculous speed duel. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at her. Uh, it was nice to at least see her come back and win the Apple Blossom this year. But you could tell she's not the same horse as she was the year before, the year before that. Uh, I'm hoping she makes a great broodmare. Uh, she's uh, she's campaigned by some really great people. So I'm rooting for nothing but the best for Latruska. And, and again, you got to love horses like that. They show up every time. Run your horses. That's all I say no. to trainers. Run no. your no. Good horses. <laughs> racing needs. Oh, man. And she was one of the very best. And
0: she was out there all the time, uh, regardless of competition. Always put up a great effort. He's Dan Illman. Uh, remind me. Uh, remind the people where they can find your stuff uh, as we head into uh, I mean, frankly, into the winter, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of Maryland and DRF stuff to find.
1: All week long, especially this week, Breeders' Cup. Please, please, please head over to the Daily Racing Form YouTube channel. We'll have lots of different opinions on the Breeders' Cup races, uh, clocker reports with Mike Welsh, uh, international contenders with Steve Anderson and Marcus Hirsch, and, of course, all the handicapping previews. We'll talk about every horse and every Breeders' Cup race. All right. He's Dan Elman from the DRF. We appreciate the time, Dan. Thanks, sir. Thank you.